1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charge podcast coming to you live on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I am not super stressed out anymore. Uh, Utah <laughs> gave me a scare today, but it is what it is. I appreciate the scare because it means football is back. I'm excited to uh, get you know to this Chargers game, which is uh, less than 24 hours away at this point. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoy today's show and joining me as always is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How you doing? Week one football
2: is back. And yes, it's tomorrow, but it's back. Uh, Thank goodness I'm so happy. Um Everybody has their college football. I'm a USC fan, sort of. I'm a Ohio State fan, sort of, because of my family. But I only have the NFL, and I only have the Chargers. And yes, they let me down every year, but at least it's back. That letdown, <laughs> whatever happens, it's back. I'm excited. I, I'm just excited to go, man. And listen, I'm so excited that... I've never had this happen before. I've had night before, like dreams, nightmares, whatever about the game where I can't sleep because I'm so excited. That whole like, you know, Christmas Eve sort of feeling. I've never had the night before the night before (laughs) unable to sleep. Things happen before. Like I could not sleep yesterday. Uh, It was terrible. But again, I'm excited. And adrenaline is just going to fuel me through the rest of the week. And if they win, that'll get me through the week as well. Like. Yeah, I'm ready. Bring me the football or bring me the football games. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, normally you uh, you get the weekend to catch up on some sleep and rest a little bit, especially nope. as educators. Uh, yeah, but not for the first weekend of football. So uh, I'm I'm super excited, man. This is uh, you know I wouldn't say as excited as I've ever been for the for the season to start. That was last year. Honestly, I was probably yeah. the most excited I've I've been heading into week one. Um, so hopefully uh, this year turns out better than last year um so today we're gonna uh, finish up our coverage of week one we'll do some injury report roundup for uh both sides um we'll have some bold predictions today we'll make our picks um this year for our weekly pick segment we are still including alex alex Katzen, and arjun so uh the five members of the guilty as charged squad are are getting together Making our weekly picks Um, at the end of the season, the losers will pay for a jersey of choice for the winner as we have every single year. So it should be a lot of fun. And then we'll, of course, predict our final scores for the Chargers game itself. And then after that, we will uh, take some questions. So should be fun. Um, If you have a question at this time, uh, please save it um, until the end. We'll have some stuff to get to first. Um, Super chats always appreciated um, at that point. All right, Tyler, uh, the biggest thing we have to talk about uh, really is the news that Teron Armstead is officially out of this game. Um, Armstead, in my opinion, is one of the five best left tackles in the league when he's healthy. Problem is that he's never really healthy. Uh, he does this thing every single year where he misses like four or five games. Um, this week, he's dealing with a back and an ankle and a hip issues. So he's not playing, um, which means Kendall Lamb is officially expected to start um at left tackle so it's a little bit of a different thing right because two is a lefty but uh you know it, it's still going from teron armstead who's one of the best in the business to a backup is a pretty significant drop off what are your thoughts as we kind of now know that armstead is officially out tyler
2: my thoughts are yay <laughs> um, i wish nothing but good health for everyone in the league but sometimes yeah. when the the chargers are playing them if they want to take that week off i completely understand Look, man, Austin Gale, I almost said PFF's Austin Gale, but he's no longer there. Um, he the pointed ringer, out that... that? Hmm? So he's with the ringer now, right? Sure, I don't know. I just know he's not PFF anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, he pointed out that Tua's EPA per dropback with Armstead was 0.25. Without him, granted only 74 dropbacks, is negative 0.32. And just for fun, I had to go look at you know comparing EPA. What does that look like? What does negative 0.32 look like compared to NFL quarterbacks last season? Now... I can't measure exactly like 74 dropbacks versus another person's 74 dropbacks. If you just looked at the 2022 season, where does negative 0.32 EPA rank in EPA per play? It would be 60th out of 63 quarterbacks last year, um, ahead of only Trace McSorley, Kyle Allen, Malik Willis, and Nick Foles, and behind Trey Lance, Sam Ellinger, and Brett Rippian. So, not great. Big deal, big deal. It, big deal, and I get it he had to face the 49ers in that game. It wasn't great. Well, you got another Bosa and a Mac and a Thule and a Fox and your tackle is now the literal sacrificial lamb that's out there. Honestly, I would have picked the chargers to win anyway, but this, I don't want to say cements it, but it feels like it kind of cements it because I just, and we, we felt this way. And even Sean, who picked the dolphins to win this game has said this much. It might not matter what the game plan is because they will not, they should not have the offensive line to keep up with the chargers. And I don't see that happening. I'm sure that there'll be some quick passes, be some great run scheme, whatever. But at the end of the day, especially if the Chargers' offense can keep them forcing them to score. Like th- this game almost feels over. I, he's that important to them. Honestly,
1: Yeah, he is that important. You know, some of those on-off splits, as some Dolphins fans have pointed out, you know, Greg Little was their backup left left tackle last year. Mm. I don't think he's even in the league right now. So the drop-off last year was probably more significant than it is this year. You know, Kendall Lamb I don't think is going to be that bad, but like you you just laid out, it's still a significant loss just regardless of, of who it is playing at left tackle. You know, they could have the best swing tackle in the league, it's still a drop-off. Toron Armstead is that good, that important to them. I'd also be curious about their rushing EPA splits with and without Toron Armstead. Um, That to me is going to be the key for the dolphins. Like if you're Mike McDaniel, like I'm kind of going to be a, have a run heavy approach this week. If I'm Mike McDaniel um, and, and try and keep this chargers pass rush at bay. So um, how do you combat that? You have to get the chart, the get the Dolphins into third and long situations, which last year they did a really good job of. Um, you have to be able to stop the run. You have to be able to let Joey and Khalil and all those guys that you mentioned uh, be able to get after him. And we know that Brandon Staley, for me, Brandon Staley's b- best attribute is his ability to design up blitzes to confuse the offense, opposing offensive lines and heat up the quarterback that way. Um, so this is, it's a huge swing for the chargers. Um, like you mentioned, I I probably was going to pick the chargers in this game regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, but Teron Armstead not being there, Jalen Ramsey, not being there, there's really no excuses for the chargers not to win this game at this point. Um, we just saw a game on Thursday where a team had, wasn't, uh, didn't have their best two games or excuse me, their best two players and they weren't able to get it done. This this week against the Chargers, the the Dolphins are going to play without at least two of their best four players. You know, depending on how you feel about Jalen Ramsey, still at this point, so it's a huge deal. And you know, it, it's one that probably hasn't been talked about enough this week is, is what this means for uh, Khalil Mack in particular, because he's the one that's usually lining up against the left tackle. Mm. He should have
2: a, a big, big day, big impact uh, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, he should. So in terms of rush EPA, I think the Dolphins off top of my head were like middle of the pack. I think they were one below the Chargers on the whole season, Mm -hmm. Um, just in that one particular game against the 49ers. I don't know about the other 20 something dropbacks. um, They were 23rd in in rush EPA. So not like terrible, not as bad as I thought it would be, but obviously not great. So yeah, man, Uh, Khalil Mack, we, we saw him week one last year. Granted, I think there's a little bit of extra motivation motivation when you're playing the Raiders and Derek Carr. But what do you have, three sacks last year? And honestly, one of the best defensive performances I can remember from an edge rusher. Yeah. And again, like you said, there there really are no excuses here. I think the offense, like I see your predictions, people on Twitter. I see you having the Chargers scoring 34 or 38. I don't see that. And I don't think like Jalen Ramsey being absent, like changes it that much. But on the defensive side of the ball, there really isn't an excuse for them to not, I would say, slow the Dolphins down enough. Like, I get it if they score 20. There's yeah. a lot of talent. And as, as we saw in that game, Tyreek Hill, one play, changes the whole thing. Like, they, oh, there's a score. But, I, I mean, I did my my prize picks today, and I was going through and trying to figure out overs or, overs out. or more. Yeah, shout out. Thank you, prize picks. Um, get $100 with the code guilty at prize picks. Um I was doing my, you know, my more or less, which is how they have you bet. And I was just finding every two under I could find because like, I, I just don't see how they get things going. Yeah. I have a couple of fluke plays, which is what happened last year. I, I just don't see how the, the Dolphins have enough of their offensive line to get things going. It feels very like the way I feel about the Chargers when they had a bad offensive line and Anthony Lynn, when they had to go play the Patriots and it was just like Belichick's like, you can't stop us. There's nothing you can do. And also thank you, mom, for the uh, super chat there. I appreciate Ooh. that. First game, let's go. My mom, my dad, and I will be at the game. Yeah, it it just should be a bloodbath. There, there's no excuse, respectfully. And I get it. It's offensive driven league. Mike McDaniel is, I think, a good coordinator and they have good weapons. So things can happen. But overall, like we shouldn't see more than 21, 24 maybe in this game. They should really, really be able to put a ceiling on this offense.
1: Yeah. And this is partially because of Armstead, but the Chargers defensive line is going to have its six main guys on the field together, really for the first time, like, you know, <laughs> at this time last year, you mm-hmm. we were still doing the Jerry Tillery thing. You <laughs> yeah. know, obviously Kilomack and, and Joey Bosa were out there. There wasn't really a, a third edge rusher. Like we talked about all off season, right? This year you have, your core six defensive linemen, your three edge rushers with Thule, And then you have Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, who is again, something we need to talk about. He's at full speed according to Brandon Staley. So this is really your main six for the first time that we're going to see under Brandon Staley. So this is a game that the chargers defensive line should dominate. Like absolutely. There are some things that Mike McDaniel can do schematically to ease some pressure, but this is this is a, a subpar group, even with Teron Armstead up front for the Dolphins. Like I, I just don't have any kind of faith if I'm a Dolphins fan in this unit holding up for the course of a whole season. Like that's that's the reason why I think people are doubting the Dolphins. You know, it, 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 when you're talking about like the way that the AFC stacks up, you look at the Dolphins' defense, you look at the skill players, you look at the coach. You know, depending how you feel about the quarterback, he's, I think he's good enough that you can win with him, but everybody always talks about that offensive line and now you're playing without Teron Armstead. So this is a huge deal. The Chargers defensive line has to start the season hot and now they have a huge advantage without Armstead out there.
2: Yeah, should be a bloodbath. I, I like he he pointed out with the whole Tillery thing. I, I forgot about that last year. I apologize for the PTSD for everybody. <laughs> Some people are really not happy with <laughs> him saying that, by the way. Um, but it's gone. It's over. We're we're, we're past that. You can't analogy. hurt us anymore, guys. I promise. Well, maybe when they play the jar with the Raiders. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I I doubt the offensive line more than I do Tua. To be completely honest, assuming you know Tua is healthy, like. We've, we've seen it. We're Chargers fans. We've seen it. You know, in, in 2020, there was so much we made about, you know, Herbert versus Tua, but both lines sucked. You yeah. Know, both lines were, were terrible pretty. or hurt that year or just both. And this line isn't that great. Now, I was surprised that their pass blocking efficiency as a unit last year was like, I think it was 18th. Um, I think it was slightly worse than the Chargers was last year. But that was, you know, with Armstead for, you know, for 16 games, games or 15 and a half games or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to have him this game. And everyone's in the best shape of their life. I think Morgan Fox is primed for the best career year for himself. Um, in theory, this is the best linebacker group that I think they think they've had in terms of 1-2. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But they got Eric Kendricks, and yeah. they clearly feel that he is the upgrade over what was Kaiser White and then Drew Tranquil. So uh, your, your secondary's there. I get that maybe you didn't have the safety you always wanted but maybe it's the one you needed but in theory michael davis is healthy azant is healthy jc jackson is is i think ready to go I, we'll see that's that's such a storyline we yeah. talked about this but it's everything you wanted like and and to his stats versus brandon's daily granted dolphins fans have pointed out to me the first game was obviously his first start ever and again it was against aaron donald and that doesn't go well but like to his stats where are the two games that he's played i have it somewhere I think he averages like 115 yards. Oh, against Staley, throw, Yeah, against Brandon Staley, excuse me. 115-something um, yards. I forget. I put it somewhere. Here it is. 11 completions per game, 119 passing yards, one passing touchdown, um, and the EPA per play plus CPOE composite ranking. That was worse than the NFL both weeks. So that's what we're in for. Yeah. Brandon Staley has his number, has everyone he wants on defense, and they don't have Armstead. I know we've talked about this for a while, but, like, again, I can't emphasize enough how much the defense should just beat the brass out of the offense this week. Yeah, as ETA 44A points out, the Chargers
1: in this game last year, like, we've talked a bit about this online, but, like, people love to point out who wasn't playing for the Dolphins. Well, if you look at the game last (laughs) year, there was no Slater, no Trey Pipkins. Uh, You obviously did not have Sebastian Joseph Day, which he pointed out. Austin Johnson was not playing in this game. Christian Covington was not playing in this game you know you're you were dealing with a defensive game. line Derwin wasn't playing Joey in the game Bryce Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> the list was huge right like yeah. we were so pessimistic about that game heading into the yeah. in, into the matchup because we were like the Chargers are decimated by injury right now um now this week everybody for the most part is healthy we'll talk about Chris Rump for a little bit but you mm-hmm. know you have your core six defensive linemen you have your two linebackers healthy. Everybody in the secondary is healthy. Your offensive line is healthy. The Chargers have a significant health advantage this week, uh, on top of everything else, which I think is is a big deal, too. So, yeah. Um, regards to the Chargers, you mentioned JC Jackson. We'll see what happens. Brandon they mm-hmm. seemed to indicate that we'll still see Jasir Taylor out there. Um, I would imagine there's some kind of rotation amongst the four corners. Um, and so, you know, it, it seemed like he sounded much more confident that Austin Johnson would be full speed than JC Jackson. It seems like they kind of want to take it a little bit easier with JC, but but we'll see what happens there. It uh, doesn't appear that Chris Rumpf or Deion Henley will be playing this week. Um, so the Chargers did activate Brevin Allen. Um, I don't think Brevin Allen or Andrew Farmer were really going to play that much, if at all. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a big deal that is, but what are your thoughts there with no Rumpf and no uh, Deion Henley?
2: I don't know if Henley would have played a defensive snap, to be completely honest, um, because of, you know, could have been Eamon, could have been Nick. It's certainly the other two linebackers. Yeah. So that's, I don't say it's no difference, because there's special teams involved. But I think with Tanner Muse, I think in terms of special teams, it's probably a wash. Yeah. Um, rumphing out is, is is a bummer, because this was like the breakout year. You know, he looked good in the preseason, as he has before. So maybe he's trending towards having a really, really good season. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's more powerful. He's stringing pass rush moves together, and he's out. So that's a bummer. The good news is it wasn't like he was did not practice from the jump. Although he did get injured that first um, that first day of practice, but <clears throat> there's no like immediately out. It felt like yeah. he was like getting game time decision maybe. Um, so I don't think this is a long term thing. Uh, Brevin Allen being elevated was a bit of a surprise. All I could honestly think of, outside of the fact that we don't get access to all the practices, all the camps you know, whatnot, the film room, you name it. That's a whole different thing. I don't know that, but the only thing I think of is that he's 15 pounds heavier and he's got arms that are two inches longer. And that's, that's their prototype. The chargers lean into prototype yeah. for better or worse. They're going to find the guy who's the prototype at the position. Again, if you, if you thought chargers wanted Zay flowers and he was the better guy, well, they went to Quentin Johnson and why <laughs> prototypes. Yeah. Um, And you know, I, I think he's was a good player anyway, but still they, they lean into their prototypes and, and that's, Certainly no different on defense, so bit of a surprise there. But again, does it make a huge difference? I don't know. Although I feel like with if Chris Rumpf were playing, he'd play a lot more snaps and maybe even be the third guy. Who knows? With now Brevin Allen being the the fourth guy there, I think you're kind of forced now to play a bit more of Mac and Bosa than maybe you wanted. Because sure. I just I can't imagine you trust Brevin Allen to go out there as much as as Chris Rumpf at this point. Yeah, hundred um,
1: percent. Definitely some special teams impact from from them, but um, not expecting Brevin Allen to play a whole lot on defense. Um, you know the Dayon Henley thing. i it, it, um, it sounded like a little more serious according to Brandon Staley than I think we all would have liked to see, and and it, it's unfortunate. Like I think he was really good in the preseason. I think he had some really nice flashes. Um, I think the fan base was significantly higher on Dayon than the Chargers were, and I think that kind of bared out with the way that the snaps were being uh, uh, distributed between the rest of the linebackers without Kenneth Murray and um, Eric Kendricks playing in the preseason. So um, would have loved to see Dayon get a, a bigger chance, obviously, but they seem to trust – particular, Eamon, I think, has that trust as linebacker three – um and Nick Neiman was pretty clearly ahead of him as well so not too sure that uh matters a whole lot but special teams will
2: definitely be be uh
1: tested with those guys coming in
2: yeah I don't I'm curious how long Henley's going to be out for one because it's a hamstring and God knows how long that could last for and two like they what was it he got hurt in the game and what two days later they signed Muse pretty pretty close after that game they signed Muse which isn't really a good sign. Like Chris Rumpf, there's no it was much shorter time frame, but no replacement for him so far. Like no other guy that was signed. So yeah, we'll see with Henley, but hopefully it's not too serious. Yeah, and and I mean if it were super serious, I think he'd be on IR. Like
1: that's yeah, they probably wouldn't. Yeah, like want Cooper that. Cup. Yeah. Yeah, like Cooper Cup. Um yeah. Still okay. happy. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> it's a Brutal spot to be in as a fantasy <laughs> football owner. But uh, Hope Cooper is uh, yeah. recovering well. I saw that there was like some nerve issue potential there. So hopefully he's okay. Um, all right, let's get to our uh, bold predictions here. Um, I'll start us off. My bold prediction after thinking about it, I'm going with Joshua Kelly leading the team and rushing tomorrow. I, th- I think this comes down to... A couple big plays from Joshua. I think he's uh, had a great preseason and a really solid training camp. And I think the change of pace between him and Austin Eckler, I think is really going to pay off this week. Um, I think Austin Eckler has a, a decent day. Um, I don't think we'll have, see him be super explosive or efficient. Um, but I do think Joshua Kelly pops off a couple big runs and uh,
2: leaves the team in rushing tomorrow. Great call. I was looking for. Th- Joshua Kelly, anything in terms of stats on Prize Picks? Again, shout out Prize Picks. Um, I was looking for like the 15 rushing yards they would have projected for him or something. They don't go that deep with some of these players. You know, you can't just yeah. bet on Donald Parham over under four yards. Um, so they didn't have Joshua Kelly. So, but I, I agree. Like Joshua Kelly, he would be in a position to. So you said lead the team in rushing yards, right? Yes, lead the team in rushing yards. Any any stat projection, maybe? Uh, I'll say. 70 yards. Okay. All right. As long as we get 70 and 50, not 70 and 25 or something. <laughs> else, uh, that'd be great. But yeah, no, that's 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 solid. I like that. Um, my bold prediction, I don't have a stat for this because I don't really know what this entails. But I think my bold prediction, again, this is a bold prediction, which means it doesn't matter. So I get to say it. Um, I think the defensive player we're talking about after the game tomorrow is Kenneth Murray. I think that's in a good way. I think that is a player that we talk about. I don't know if he's maybe the best player on the field tomorrow, because I think it's just going to be Joey Bosa, probably outright. But I think Kenneth Murray is the player that we're like, whoa, where did that come from? So that is my bold prediction. What is the stat line? I don't know. Maybe he leads the team in tackles. I'll say that. But, you know, tackles are tackles. But I think that with the way that they'll use him as a blitzer, and they'll love to, like, because of the offensive line. I I think that he will be the player that we talk about positively, maybe to even open the show, but that's again, a bold prediction. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's fair.
1: Um, Okay. Let's get to our uh, score predictions here. Oh, we got some dolphin fans in the chat. Uh, Welcome, I guess. Um, All right. So let's, uh, we have our Google sheets. We'll go over some of our weekly NFL picks and then we'll get to our predictions. So, if you guys have a question for us, uh, feel free to start typing those. Again, Super Chats are greatly appreciated. Um, okay, so for let's start with Arjun's picks. Arjun, as his favorite of the week, has the Washington Commanders. Uh, his underdog of the week is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, either or, meaning basically any team, he has the Seattle Seahawks over the Los Angeles Rams. For the Chargers score, he has 30 to 24. So I'm pretty sure that he has the uh, highest score output of the week. So he's pretty confident in the Chargers offense this week. Uh, If you missed his uh, Chargers analytics uh, episode, please go check that out. Alex Katzen has his favorite of the week as the Cincinnati Bengals, the underdog of the week as the Tennessee Titans. Uh, And then he also has the Buffalo Bills over the New York Jets. He also has the Chargers winning 27 to 20, so a little bit higher scoring there too. And then Alex Insorf, of course, in uh, true Alex fashion, is picking the Eagles as his favorite of the week, The Packers as the underdog. I thought about taking them as well. Um, the Jaguars as either or, and then the uh, Chargers winning 26 to 23. Um, again, he did bolt breakdowns yesterday, so go check that out after this as well. Uh,
2: Tyler, walk us through your picks and then uh, feel free to do your charger score. Uh, I'll start by saying that I'm surprised by Arjun's score of 30. That was mm-hmm. a bit of a surprise to me, given how I feel. Yeah. and then just Ar- Arjun, I don't want to say he's more conservative, but I wouldn't imagine the analytics would point towards 30 being the output here. Uh, that's quite a lot of belief in this offense, unless we're assuming the defense plays so well, I guess that there's some turnovers for field goals. Um, for me, the favorite was Baltimore over Houston. I, I just think that they're a better team. And Houston, you know, it's kind of a wait and see. But who knows? Yeah. Um, Jets over Buffalo as the underdog. Um, I tried to pick something a little bit different than what was already out there. So Jets mm-hmm. over Buffalo, I think, is fine. And I think that Jets defense is is good enough to keep them in the game. Jets at um, home. And, so, yeah. Yeah. And then um, Seahawks over Rams, which felt like a pretty good pick anyway and the knock cooper cup is officially out and on ir so like that i think almost makes them um that i could have just picked them as the favorite outright but um you know the rams we've seen the afc west beat up their granted not all their starters or none of their starters i think the afc west beat them like 125 to 32 or something like it was it was not pretty so there's that um as far as the score goes i'm going to have the chargers winning uh I don't know if he call this close because I feel like the score won't indicate how much better the chargers were, but I, I'm worried about the offense. I have no real like expectations for them. For me, it's just how they finished the season. Um, so I'll go 24 20. I believe the over under was set at 51 last time I checked. Um, I believe the chargers and dolphins only combined for 40 last year. I don't think they're hitting 51. So I'm taking the under regardless. And I, I just think that, with the offense being a bit slow to start, I think. And with the dolphins, like we talked about, not really being able to get anything going. I think it's a lower ish scoring game, um, but we feel good about the defense. We feel good enough about the offense. 24, 20 chargers, I guess it should put W. Yeah, uh, you're good.
1: Um, I, I will say um, the other three did make their predictions before the news that Teron Armstead was officially out. I don't know if that changed things or not, but um, just of course had to throw it out there. Okay. So for me, uh, a favorite of the week, I'm going Vikings over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of wanted just to do something different here. Um, you know, I don't super trust the Vikings on the season as a whole, but, uh, I definitely trust them to get a win over Baker Mayfield. Um, Steelers over 49ers is my underdog of the week. I think it's a home game for the Steelers and I've been very high on the Steelers all year long. Um, So I think that starts off, they start off with a really hot start. Uh, Cowboys over Giants, same thing. Uh, Very high on the Cowboys, not high on the Giants, so that one was easy for me. Um, In terms of the Chargers score, I am going to go a little bit uh, lower scoring as well. I think both of these teams are probably going to try and have a more run-heavy approach. Chargers to try and keep the Dolphins' offense at bay. The Dolphins, because they won't trust their offensive line to pass protect. Um, so I, I think we'll see a relatively quick game. I think we'll see um, some big plays here and there, but I think it's going to be kind of a grounded out game for both teams. I think both defenses really show up strong. Um, really, this just comes down to that fact of of which quarterback is going to be under the more pressure from the other defense, and I think that is going to be uh, obviously Tua. So for me, I'm going to go a, a similar-ish score to you. I'm going to have a win and I'm going to have uh twenty-six to twenty. So I'm a little higher scoring than you, but yeah. Um, you know, I not super different there. I think we're kind of aligned with how we uh think in that regard.
2: Yeah, pretty much the same. I, I think after we see the game, we'll adjust, you know, accordingly for every game moving forward. If you they score 35, all my predictions after that are very different. But until then, twenty-four is solid. And again, the over is at fifty-one. No one's expecting, you know like Arjun has him at 54 total. I don't really know if they're going to get there. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think both of us taking the under, Alex on the under, other Alex on the under, I think that's where they're leaning. So again, which makes me so interested in why Arjun went with the over on that one. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think he's just, you know, I, I think the passing attack will starts a little slow with these two defenses that they have on tap with the yeah. Dolphins and the Titans and you know, I, I think the Dolphins defense will pan out to be one of the top 10 defenses. I think same thing for the Titans. So um, mm-hmm. really week three is where I would expect kind of uh, a big Justin Herbert explosive game against the uh, Raiders and then moving or right, the right, Vikings, excuse me, and then moving forward uh,
0: after that. So um, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: Should be a lot of fun. I I think this is a great coaching matchup. I think this is a really fun defensive matchup. Quarterback storylines. is kind of overplayed, but uh, two good quarterbacks for sure. (laughs) Um, It's just, there's a a lot of great storylines in here. um, And I'm excited to uh, get to
2: this point tomorrow. Yeah, I I see the, uh, you know, we're conservative with unveiling the Kellen Moore era. I totally get that, but it's an unveiling. It's not a You know, we're retooling, we've gone all in, we're three years into the system. And for what it's worth, because I'm weird and I know this, the opening day EPA per play for the Cowboys last season on offense was 32nd. So I'm not saying every uh, start to the year is good. It was like third, 22nd, and then 10th, but in that fourth year, it was 32nd. I don't know who they played, but um, (laughs) not every uh, opening week is, is a good week for Kellen Moore yeah i i don't think it's conservative i i
1: would say this is just respectful of of who the dolphins have on defense and um what the chargers are trying to accomplish this year like there's been so mm-hmm. much emphasis on the run game i think they're really going to try and start strong in that regard um and i i think it's just going to be a, a run heavy approach from both sides and i think both defenses have good days and yeah like if you really look at the Dolphins' depth chart like they have dudes all over the place like this this is a, a squad that could have four or five pro bowlers on the defense and you know you have you know the guy that is leading the defensive meta in the NFL right now so this is just it, it's more respectful of the Dolphins' defense than it is being low on Kellen Moore or Justin Herbert
2: yeah, and we as a fan base can't beg for Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator of this year all offseason until they didn't do that. And yeah. then suddenly now that it's time to face Vic Fangio it's like, yeah, 35 points because they stink. Like no, we got to <laughs> we got to continue to respect it. Now, granted, like you you've talked about the Dolphins do or not so the Dolphins, Fangio's defense takes a bit to get going um throughout the first season. Yeah. But he's he's got a lot of guys. And again, I'm like all the Dolphins fans in here Jalen Phillips loved him. Wilkins loved him. Like all these guys. There's a lot of good players on this defense. So yeah. I respect the defense even without Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, this defensive line uh
1: is really, really good. Um, you know, I think Bradley Chubbs is gonna get clamped by Rashawn Slater, but you know, this is it's a really good defensive line. It really is. Um, so I think the Dolphins defense has a good season, but you know, we'll see. All right, uh, let's take some questions now. Uh, Appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in today. Have a pretty lively chat. Of course, uh, some of that being uh, some friendly banter in the chat. So uh, Finn's take with C883 or CB83. Uh, Appreciate the interaction, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's nice in here. It's not Raiders week yet. (laughs) I remember, I think it was last year, just every live stream. Yeah, Raiders. Oh, Raider. good, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. you know they beat him that first game, and it was just, it was just like a symphony of crickets. It was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, trying to scroll up so you know we'll see if there's any questions that I missed earlier. But like I said, if you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to uh, hit us up. I like this one. Unicorn Slapper. Bold prediction. He says Herbert 30 plus rushing yards. <laughs> Unicorn Slapper? <laughs> and a rushing TD. Uh, I think Kellen lets it move. I, I do think we'll see Herbert run more this year than we have in the past. 30 plus rushing yards. What do you think there, Tyler?
2: I'm going to double check, but I'm pretty sure I bet the over on price picks again. Shout out Prize pick. Use the code guilty for $100 uh, free deposit or match deposit or whatever. I don't know. Steven knows what it is. Um, <laughs> let me find it Yeah, so Justin Herbert, I bet on uh, the line is at eight and a half rushing yards. So I definitely have him over eight and a half rushing yards. Um, So 30 sounds good. As long as it's nine. I'm cool with that. But um, the way they've been using him, the way he's got just a couple chances per game. And, you know, again, I, I think the Dolphins defensive line will force him to move. So, yeah, I could see 30. I don't know, but I could see him like a couple of like five, six yard scrambles. Again, whatever gets me over eight and a half yeah uh jorge wants to know how do you think jc jackson fares
1: i think this is one of the more interesting storylines of the game um we've seen some good moments at practice you know it it hasn't been like last training camp when he was arguably the best player uh, at training camp yeah um i think we see them be a little conservative with jc i think they we see them kind of ease him into the game plan you will see just here Taylor take some some snaps at the slot. Asante will play some snaps on the outside. So I think there's going to be a pretty decent rotation. Obviously with Michael Davis being like the main guy who's who's always out there. So I would love to see JC have a good game, but I think they're going to be cautious with him. I think Michael Davis and Asante will kind of take the the bulk of the snaps against the the two receivers. So I, I think we'll see JC have a. Of a bit of a slow start, but not in a bad way, just more of like a let's not rush him back into things way.
2: Yeah, I get honestly see a world where he plays 10 snaps, and they're like, he can't move like he, we were hoping, or he's hurting, or he's more sore than he should be, or whatever, and they just pull him, because they feel like they can with zont with, Zon, with Jaw Taylor, so how does he fare? I, I don't even know, because we talked to Ted Nguyen, and he said he went back and watched you know, J.C. in New England versus J.C. with the Chargers post-surgery. And, like, he, he was not able to sit and move and sink into his heels and everything. Yeah. Move his hips, etc., um, because of the, the surgery. So, I don't know if he can move. Like, he – like, yes, they'll put him out there, of course. And he says, yeah, I'm good to go. But, again, like Ted said, that it wasn't the same. Now, does that change because of everything that's happened, the year off? I don't know but like, I, I really don't know. <laughs> so I, I think he'll probably be fine. He'll probably give up a catch and people will freak out. And then Zont will play over him because he subs out because he's warming back up into things. And Zant will get a pick. And then the Chargers fans will freak out. So that's probably what happens.
1: Yeah, I think we'll see a pretty heavy rotation. But um, obviously would love to see him have uh, have a good moment, maybe get some opportunities because – the other two guys are covering Waddle and, and Tyree Kill. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. Uh, Chris B wants to know, where do you think our run defense
2: ranks this year? Um, Okay. I feel like I would have had to look at the Chargers schedule real quick for this one. I don't know. 22nd? You know, which sounds we'll awful. take it. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, like that's a party. That's a that's a statue building moment for the Chargers and the fan yeah. base. Um, yeah, like like twenty second. You know, slightly below average, and that's great.
1: Yeah i I would have said twentieth. Like that would have been probably my prediction. Is like they're they're yeah. like, top twenty. Maybe they can shoot into the top fifteen if everything goes right, but they play some good rushing teams, man. They, they do, um, you know, obviously they, they start out with this game and then they have the Titans and then we'll see what happens with the Vikings. But we know the Raiders are obviously going to run the ball a lot with Josh Jacobs. Um, the chiefs were one of the best rushing teams in the league last year with Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the saints are going to run the shit out of the ball th- or not. Excuse me. The saints, the Broncos are going to run the shit out of the ball this year. So they, they play some good rushing teams. I think I'll, I'll say 20th and that will be a big improvement. Um, yeah go ahead
2: no i just it almost seems worse now that i'm looking at it so minnesota we'll see what they do without cook whether that's good or bad we yeah, had tennessee in theory miami might want to try to run it more vegas twice chicago new york just paid for a running back yeah detroit we'll see if they play gibbs <laughs> um but baltimore like new england has historically doesn't matter run all over the chargers so yeah i i I don't think it'll be a great run defense this year, but it doesn't have to be. Just limit the explosive plays.
1: Like that, that's, that was the biggest issue last year was like they would give up like four ish yards a carry, but like two carries for 35, 40 yards. And like that just, that just ruins things. So, yeah. Um, just limit the explosive plays this year, which I think should theoretically be better, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um oh, I had one sorry. No, that that that's in order. So go for the Christians first. Uh Christian wants to know by what week do you think Johnston starts getting more targets than Palmer? Ooh, geez. <laughs> I don't think he does. I think if everybody stays healthy, I think Palmer outpaces Johnston this year in targets. I would say Palmer gets more targets and catches, but Johnston gets more yards by the end of the year. Who
2: gets more targets than Palmer? It's tough because like Johnston could just be the guy that they'd love to do gadgety things with screens, shallow crossers, you name it. And nobody else can do that. So suddenly you can see boom, 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 screen, screen, shallow crosser, sure. boom. He's got three targets. Um, yeah, I don't think there really is a by which week. I don't really don't think there is as long as everybody's healthy and Josh Palmer isn't like he looks like he And if he looks like he did in camp, I don't, I don't see which week that is. Honestly, I really don't. Um, And then if if either Keenan or Mike gets hurt, they're going to lean into Palmer even more. You know, they wouldn't. Yeah, of course, Johnson will get an uptick in in snaps too, but they're going to lean into Palmer to be one of those guys as close Mm -hmm. as they can. So I just, I really don't know what week it is. And that doesn't mean that Johnson's not productive. It's just Palmer has earned the right so far. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I, I, if you would have asked me this, you know, heading into the training camp, I probably would have said after the bye week week one. Yeah. Or that, yeah. Um, but Palmer had an, a, a great camp and, you know, he really kept Johnston at bay. You know, Quentin had some ups and downs. I think the Chargers, like, again, the Chargers need Quentin to be good and they, they need his skill set because the other three guys just can't do what he can do um, after the catch and vertically. So I think Quentin definitely has a role. I think he gets more yards and maybe more touchdowns than than Palmer, but I, I think Palmer has more targets and more receptions at the end of the year than Johnson does.
2: Yeah, and he got a ton, a ton of chemistry with Herbert, too. Um, ET44A asked, does Zion do better against Wilkins this time around? So from my perspective, it was more of a run game thing. I think like either one-third and short or a fourth and short where he got beat. But statistically, he only gave up one pressure that game. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is more of a run game thing. So... I mean, I don't know, you can't do a whole lot better than one pressure, but I'm assuming we're talking about against the run here. Um, did Wilkins yeah, Wilkins was all over the line. Like it's not like he stayed in one spot. It's not like a, a one sided thing. He was all over. Yeah, he plays he plays
1: across the line. I, I do feel yeah. like I remember him going up against the against the right side of the line more than the left, but mm-hmm. there were definitely still some uh opportunities for him to go up against uh Matt Feyler last year and Corey Lindsley and all those guys. Let's see, that was week 12, 14, right? From Miami Mm -hmm. or against
2: Miami? Week 14. Yeah, yeah, 14. Okay. Honestly, it really just was throughout the year, just avoiding the one catastrophic play.
1: Yeah, so Zion was there. According to PFF, he was the highest graded run blocker against the Dolphins for what it's worth. Again, grain of salt as always. And then, like you mentioned, he just allowed the one pressure. So um, the other guard was an issue. <laughs> uh, Matt father was uh, the second lowest run-blocking player for the Chargers that day, only behind uh, DeAndre Carter. And uh, Matt route allowed, allowed two pressures, two sacks, or two hits on me. So Neat. that was an issue. I think we'll see a lot of Wilkins against uh, Jamari, though. That's kind of... I think Wilkins is more on that side.
2: Well, th- that's who I would go after, respectfully. Um, uh, from Mackenzie Logan, longtime follower listener, I appreciate Mackenzie so much. Yeah, um, who has the best matchup against the Dolphins DBs tomorrow? Um, you know, I I saw
1: this tweet that uh, people were projecting a big day for Keenan Allen because cater Kohu is going to play against him, and and Keenan certainly could. Keenan can go off anytime. He's Herbert's number one target. Kader Cahoo is a really good player. Like I would say that with this trio without Jalen Ramsey, I would say Kader Kahu is their best corner. I don't think David Howard is, is that great of a cornerback anymore. Um, but whoever is the third corner, that's who has the best matchup. You're talking about Eli Apple or Cam Smith, whoever the Dolphins want to play there. Um, so in terms of their best matchup, it's whoever is the wide receiver three against those two guys.
2: Sure, <laughs> I, I don't know who's the best matchup against the Dolphins' DBs tomorrow. Um, I mean, it was Mike last year, but I feel like that was a single play and then a a big score kind of thing. I was honestly surprised looking back at the numbers that the the Chargers were able to pass as much as they did. You know, for a game, you only get twenty three. I was surprised it was like three fifty or something for Herbert. Um, I think like two fifty from his three guys. So. Um. Yeah, I agree with you though. Yeah.
1: Um. Alex wants to know who would win in a fight: one tank or one million babies? A tank, because
2: the tank has weapons. Do the do the babies only exist in it? Like, is it just there's nothing else in the world, and it's just the babies versus the tank? Because I think after like the 100,000th baby that other people would intervene, you know, so, (laughs) but only then. (laughs) So after after the, after the the 100,000th scream, I think the people would intervene.
1: I would hope so. (laughs) If there are other people that can intervene, I would hope they would.
2: So that's my perspective. (laughs) At some point, someone will intervene and um, stop the tank. I think.
1: <laughs> what a question! Oh my gosh, I'm dead. Uh, uh, Sweet jump said, thinks that Everett is gonna feast. What do you What do you make of his
2: uh, Jared Everett's uh, game tomorrow? I think he's got like 18 yards and a key touchdown. But we'll see. That, that I, I think he's. Right. I think he'll have a, something great in the red zone. You know, wh- whatever you can take from last year from Joe Lombardi's offense, I think you see moments where it's like, oh, yeah, i in the red zone. That works. So I think they'll go for it. And I think he'll be maybe not so great in terms of like your fantasy team and PPR or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think he'll have that key touchdown, that key conversion in the red zone. Yeah, I think that's fair. This is so. This is so, so messed up. <laughs> you just you just take one and stick it in the, in the, in the barrel, just, just like a wily e. <laughs> coyote. <laughs> all right, that's so
1: bad. That's so bad. But
2: good strategy, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. They're all about the team. We play as a team. Um, oh my gosh! All right. Anyway.
1: Alex said he has the babies in seven games. (laughs) We'll trust the process. Oh my gosh. Uh, Eddie Dale, how much are we trusting Alohi Gilman? Uh, I think the Chargers trust him a lot. And I don't think that he's obviously, he's obviously not an elite player, but the biggest issue that the Chargers have had since Adrian Phillips left opposite of Derwin James. It's just been like the inconsistencies that Rayshon Jenkins and Nasir Adderley would give them. And so that was what made Adrian Phillips such a good player to play alongside Derwin James, that he was just steady. He was solid. He was sound. And I think that's what they have in Alohi Gilman. I don't think we'll see him make a ton of mistakes. Um, The one thing that Alohi gives them too is that For whatever reason, he always seems to find the football. He always seems to be around it, make plays, commit some turnovers. Um, And this is a guy who I think can be a really solid player for them. So I don't think he's going to be like an elite player. Um, I think you picked him as the breakout player on our Chargers podcast crossover. Um, So I think the Chargers trust him a lot. And I think we should feel at least comfortable with what he can give the team this year.
2: Yeah, as long as we keep the expectations realistic for Alohi Gilman, are we expecting elite play? Is he the next Derwin James or something? No, like, please. Yes, he is a starter. Yes, he's won that job. Yes, he has looked good before, but I'm not, like, putting him in some tier where I think he's going to be, wow, look at this elite safety. I think he's going to be good, and that's a great place to be, like, good safety play. So there's going to be some moments where you go, eh, you know, maybe wish you could have had somebody else. Wish you could have had some better safety play. But overall, I think we're going to get a good year of safety play from Alohi Gilman if he can stay healthy. So, And listen, last time we played the Dolphins, like the second play of the game, they dialed it up. They wanted to take advantage of the secondary. Gilman made a great play. And that almost set the tone, I think, for how I felt about the rest of the game. As soon as Gilman recognized it, ran over, passed deflection um, against Tyreek Hill. It's like, okay, this defense is ready to go. So not only did he recognize that, but clearly Staley, whoever pointed it out, Recognize the Dolphins were doing that, so I think, you know, with, with Staley, with Gilman, with Ansley, I think that, you know, Gilman should be pretty dialed in at least in this game. Yeah, yeah, and
1: again, that was one of the things we were all pretty nervous about was was his him being isolated in coverage, and and he had a great pass breakup, um, forced a fumble, which ended up being like the flukiest <laughs> touchdown ever. But hey, he forced that fumble, man. Uh, yeah. So I, I I'm excited to see Loey. I think again, just a nice steady presence that he can give the chargers i think pays dividends um hopefully uh jt woods can can take a step forward this year and we'll see how that works so uh we actually got a super chat from a dolphins fan appreciate bobby evans in the chat um fins fan here i'm really enjoying your analysis praying for a good and safe game tomorrow best of luck this season yes definitely i uh, hope both sides can stay safe there's nothing nothing worse than week one injuries uh just hopefully you, you we don't see any of that and uh the teams can play a nice clean fun game um and uh best of luck to the dolphins this season as well i hope you're at least better than the jets i don't, <laughs> I don't want the jets to be well even though i picked them i don't want to, i don't want to be right there oh interesting okay i, I didn't know that
2: was in play yeah, yeah no thank like, you bobby very much i don't much like thinking. aaron rodgers oh that's, i see that's yeah. really what it is <laughs> yeah well thank you bobby um i think in florida without the taxes you guys can afford these super jets so I appreciate you. I hope your team stays healthy. Um, I've always wanted – I've always rooted for Tua, and I felt awful about how the organization kind of treated him and didn't really get anything to help him along the offensive line. Always trying to find somebody else. So I I hope he has a good season, a great season, just not week one. Um, But regardless, hope everybody stays healthy. Um, All the tackles for loss the Chargers will get. All the sacks the Chargers will pile up i hope it's clean and healthy and everyone's safe yeah uh shout out bobby though i can't say that i would go into a,
1: an opposing podcast and do a super chat so really appreciate that it's a very really nice uh gesture i hope you get some uh, good karma coming your way because of that in week two <laughs> i met him like as a person <laughs> all right fine fine <laughs> uh a uh he asked this question earlier and I, I missed it so i asked him to do to ask it again he says if the dolphins take our deep shot early are we willing to stay with the run game especially if successful i assume he's talking about taking the deep shot away um which is mm. something we we talked about um
2: so i guess how comfortable are you with the chargers run game this week very comfortable i think i feel more comfortable about the run game than the passing game and again fangio you know Pick which one you're going for. Take away the passing game. Take away the deep ball. So honestly, I think this, you talked about Joshua Kelly leading the team. I think the run game should be successful. I think if nothing else, Zion is a better run blocker and has been, and certainly Mm -hmm. he can move. Rashawn Slater, he's good at everything, but he can run block very well. Of course, I I think this team, Jamari, all these guys, I, I just think they're better suited right now to be a good run blocking group and a rushing attack, even without like, you know, some superstar big running back but they've got enough good scheme good running backs and we've seen enough in the preseason where i'm feeling better about their rushing attack tomorrow than i am the passing game yeah i'm I'm excited i I think this is going to be a physical
1: game i think this is going to be a game that the chargers are going to want to try and come out and set the tone um we've heard all summer long about how physical and downhill this team wants to get with this run game and uh i think they really try and Lean on it this week, so should be a lot of fun. I, like I said, I felt like Austin. Uh, I feel like Austin Eckler has a decent game. I think Joshua Kelly has a really good game, mm-hmm. and uh, should be a lot of fun either way. Um, all right, that seems like a good place uh, to
2: stop today, uh, Tyler. Any final thoughts before we head out? Bolt up. I will see you guys there. I forget whether I'm in 228 now or not. We were 231, but now we we bought three tickets, so I can go with my parents. So, thank you, Dad, for buying those tickets and should be fun. Should be fun. We'll go live tomorrow at 8 p.m. after Sunday night football. So, not that it's like a matchup Chargers fans would be really interested in, but still, it's Sunday night football. It's week one. You'll be watching it. Oh, shoot. We've got a super chat here. Go, <laughs> Alexander. Okay, rewind. Here we go. Thank you, Joe. Um, <laughs> good. Balance out the Chargers. You know, we can't have the Dolphins just like get all the good juju. So, Joe says, I'm going to be in a suite with the Chargers exec. For the cowboys game what should i ask um ask if they like running the ball or scoring points more <laughs> a- ask them that oh a yeah, charges exec. darn it sorry i thought it was the cowboys exec um, well you can
1: you can still ask that ask them if they yeah. like running up the score as much and that's why they wanted to hire Kellen more
2: <laughs> yeah as alex says ask ask the tank versus babies <laughs> question um <laughs>
1: oh man i appreciate joe man that's a that's a great uh one at the buzzer appreciate alex for uh the fun question of the day as well so um had a ton of coverage uh of this game this week started off with the interview with uh offense offensive tackle trey pipkins we had uh injury analysis from our guy jameson we had obviously bolt breakdowns from alex had had uh, Chargers Analytics with Arjun, our episode. We also had a college football analysis with Alex Katzen. Uh, so please go check all of that out. If you haven't yet, make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, use our prize picks link tomorrow. Make yourself some money and help support the show. Really appreciate that and their support uh, all season long for sure. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Appreciate it. As Tyler said, we'll see you tomorrow at 8. As always, bolt up.